At last, we are at the final episode of the Back to the Movies podcast series and the final installment of this entire series as a whole. We are, uh, I'm, I'm down to number one after 50 movies that I've watched in roughly two years. A little bit, a little bit under two years, I think. Um, and so today, uh, our, our movie is the, uh, obviously the most commercially successful movie of 1983. It is, uh, Return of the Jedi, or I guess the official title now, although I don't think it was the official title at the time, is Star Wars, colon, Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. And um, so, to date, I've had kind of the film nerds crew, I guess you could say, hanging around and and doing most of these podcasts with me. I've had a couple of uh, guests that aren't usual members of that that gang uh, doing these podcasts with me, and I've got a new... A new voice again with me today for for our uh, our number one podcast, and um, I, I chose this this guest today because I, I think he's going to bring a lot of perspective. Just as far as uh, I, I really wanted to talk to somebody who had experienced Return of the Jedi uh, in 1983, I thought that was really important. I wanted to get what the impact of this movie was at the time, so I got somebody who. Who did experience it? It's uh, and for for listeners of this podcast and of the Cinematrimony podcast, who know my wife Francesca, uh, nay Francesca Roscoe, but she uh, her her older brother is my guest today, Chris Roscoe, and uh, Chris is among other things he is a um, he is a longtime Star Wars fan. So. In 1983, I guess this was June 1983, if I'm remembering correctly. And um, what was your experience watching Return of the Jedi for the first time in 1983? Well, in 1983, I would have been about six. I think we were living in Anniston. Uh, you know, just starting grade school. The world is fresh and new. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we go and see some some Return of the Jedi. I had already seen. Empire Strikes Back um, when I was a youth, an even younger youth um, in San Francisco, in the Castro District, which is, for the listeners out there, uh, apparently a notoriously, like, gay okay. district. Okay, <laughs> alright. And uh, my dad told me he was very <laughs> mortified, bringing his, me and him just kind of, it was the only place playing it or whatever, the only place close, and he had no idea we were new to the area. And, uh, so was I mean I I don't know if you remember enough of that or not, but I mean was there was I, it a particularly flamboyant screening? I mean, Were there a lot honestly, of costumes or something? I don't know. No, I, I don't remember the theater at all. But uh, and only the, the only part of the movie I remember is the end and uh, and getting yeah. some candy. Okay, I got, I got a Darth Vader candy. But I mean six so. six is kind of the the uh, it's a pretty good age for watching a Star Wars movie. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a nice introduction, and also to films in general. Like there was uh, introduced a lot, lot more crazy business to me than uh, probably normal six-year-olds would get. So, you know, I, I think you definitely weren't. You were not among the people who, um, you know, were the full-on, let's say, like people in their twenties and teens who were the Star Wars geeks. But you definitely are of the generation no, that grew it, up fully with right. Star Wars. Yeah, I got Star Wars. I was getting Star Wars stuff from when I was a very young kid. Like uh, to the when I was like this, the first grandkid born. So I was just inundated with Star Wars, stuff. right? Um, and wept when I was given a Princess Leia. This will <laughs> relate back to Return of the Jedi, right. but this was the Star Wars Princess Leia. It was a girl toy, and I was so upset that I got a girl toy. I couldn't believe it entertained Even though it was Princess piece. Leia. Even though it was Princess Leia, it's still Star Wars. You weren't old enough like, to appreciate Princess no, Leia yet. No, yeah. by no means. But, <laughs> and then here's where it comes full circle. Like, right. Like the epic tale of Star Wars itself. Right. You get to Return of the Jedi, and suddenly, you know, I'm a little bit older. I'm in grade school now, you know. There's these chicks, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When you're six, there's six-year-old chicks. Yeah, well, you know, you're suddenly <laughs> alerted to the fact that there's differences between girls and boys. Right. Yeah. And I think it opens the movie opens and introduces you to that fact. But anyway, right. my, my point is, I've been getting Star Wars stuff since 
Star Wars came out. Mm-hmm. Basically. I was born in 77, and that's what they were selling to the people. Right. So, uh, I guess going through this, because also you've grown up with it over the years, but, you know, I, I don't know that you'll have, you would have had much of a critical eye as a six-year-old, but I definitely think that, um, like, like me probably, I mean, I, I had a, I had kind of a similar experience, it's just that they were already old movies, older movies, uh, by the time I watched them. They're, you know, when you're a kid watching the original Star Wars trilogy, and there isn't anything else to it yet, those are just some great movies that your, your dad tells you are really cool, or however most kids come to them. Um, you know, I think you just kind of accept it for, for what it is. And, uh, but, but I mean, I, I guess, I guess, first of all, let's talk about how it holds up today. Cause I think everybody, the first time they see any of the star Wars movies, for most of us, we're, we're kids and we, it's we just accept it. We just, we just take it in and we just, uh, we just basically loved it for, for everything that it was. But I mean, you know, I guess as you as you started to grow up, was there anything that started to bother you about, in particular, about Return of the Jedi? No, uh, a lot of the a lot of your Star Wars hipsters, right, like to uh, grow out of Return of the Jedi, and then they turn to Empire Strikes Back because it's the dark one or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the cool one, and it doesn't have Ewoks in it or whatever. And at six years old, I didn't mind any Ewoks, and <laughs> you know, they're, they're just little. Little fuzzy whatevers, but right. I understand that even you know the Star Wars geeks that were teens and adults then just hated hated the Ewoks to pieces. So it was even at the time. You think there were some people that didn't that yeah, didn't that were, like it? Yeah, just because they, it, it had too much Muppets. But I like Muppets. So well, there's some I really always, good always non Ewok Muppets in this oh, yeah, movie. There's tons of good Muppets in particular. I mean, even just setting aside Yoda, but but we were talking about as we as we watched this. The um the the band playing for yeah. Jabba. Those are those are some great little weird yeah, Jim Henson this, creations. Yeah, all with dudes underneath, right? With, you know, wires. Especially the um, and I don't remember if if we if we looked up the name or not, but the 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 singer, oh. basically that was that's basically like <sighs> the big ball on sticks. Yeah, I don't remember what the singer's name who is. They, who they who they uh, yeah she is named. Right, and they and they CG'd her, of course, in the in the yeah, they um, had her dancing around and special edition or whatever they called it was a yeah. special edition. Yeah, those were special edition. Yeah, and we're not going to talk really much about the special edition because Chris we're and try not to. Yeah, Chris and I were able to obtain a a DVD copy oh, of the original theatrical version and 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 let me just say, let me jump in here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, when the special editions came out, I know that George Lucas said that he was never going to put out. The old, the old versions again. Like the only ones you yeah. could get were special editions. So I, I had to watch this one to see what, you know, see if it was actually the real edition. Uh, and what it was, it was such a, it, it was such a dark bootleg version. Yeah. And this was included. it doesn't look great. Yeah. No, it's so dark and like it's this guy who goes back and redoes all the special effects on all these movies. Can't restore the original right. version. He, he uses a, a, a taped off a television copy. Yeah. And I'd be surprised if they have the theatrical versions on Blu-ray. I bet they don't. And I think they only even release these because of overwhelming popular demand. Right. And I think Lucas and, is just, he's not one to turn down free money basically. Well, but like, I, I think he just added it. I think it's begrudgingly added on there. Yeah. Popular demand got it on there. But right. He's like, screw you guys. Watch the, watch <laughs> right. this one. I if you want to actually see history, it, you people. Yeah. Let me reinvent your memories. It's, it's all very 1984. This is why oh, we're yeah. not going to talk much about Right. About special editions or, or really the prequel trilogy, right. because I think, I think even those, those movies aside, um, you know these these original movies exist, and I think they're worth talking about because they are. Oh, it's yeah. almost like they were made by a different filmmaker than any of this well, other crap it, that we're talking about. It totally was because he had different directors, except for the. First well, that's one. true. That's he, true. He was mainly just producing, and it was his original story. And if he had had, had his way, all three of these movies would be one movie. That's how he mm-hmm. was pitching it. Was one right. which would have been the most clumped together crazy mess probably ever. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. Uh, I mean, you have to think how much you would have had to lose to make it one movie. And uh, you know, and let's let's talk about I guess the story from Return of the Jedi for a second because um, a lot of people one of the one of the criticisms you read a lot I guess is that 
not that much that's actually central to the the whole trilogy's story really happens in Return of the Jedi that they've sort of uh, tried to get a path that, that basically all the stuff that Han and Leia are running around doing seems to be kind of filler so that we could stretch Luke and Vader's showdown uh, as long as possible into that, its own movie. You know, basically. now that you now that you mentioned that, you know, so this is as, this is how little of a critical eye I've turned. Right, <laughs> that does that does add up, but it also it, it made such a great springboard. There was mm-hmm. so much good stuff that came out of the whole uh, Han and Leia uh, getting together. Luke restarts the Jedi's. They have the Han and Leia have little Jedi kids. Right, Leia gets becomes Jedi, kind of. Um, there was so much good stuff that came out of it. It's Are you mean in that even it padded to me? The, it's just an extra arm of the just to set up basically story. the the where, where they're implying it's all going to go basically. Right. Yeah, and they did like and and this is this is what the lesson of Star Wars is like. There's a creator, but then it's other people's voices that really make the the creation shine more more way more better than the creator himself even could do because. You know, you give those prequels was all George Lucas and they're terrible. Right. And all these movies had different directors, dissenting voices, mm-hmm. different visions for everything, and all the books and everything that came out of these movies are all for the most part. So you're talking part, about the really the good. sort of the expanded universe, right, I guess, if you will. Un- the and at this the fiction point, though, based on the movies, yeah. And I say that and this is probably up to like you know, right before the special editions came mm-hmm. out. And then after that it just kind of became this behemoth where like they just turned just a machine that turns out. Right. You know, it's its own genre, basically. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, but the original business was all very good. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things, I guess, also that sticks out about this movie and that holds up so well, as much as, as, much as George Lucas seems to be pained by the sacrifices he had to make in the special effects department and that he wants to tell you that if he could have done it differently, you would have done it. Right. But – you know he can say that all he wants. I've seen I've seen a lot of movies in this stretch of fifty here from nineteen eighty three, including some space uh, set sci fi movies that look like absolute crap. Oh, yeah. And then I mean, you look at really one of the opening shots. I think we we noticed, um, and I don't I don't remember how. I think actually before any of the Java stuff, if I if I if I recall, there's actually a little mini scene where uh, involving basically the people on the new Death Star saying, "Oh, uh, uh, the the Emperor's coming." Yeah. Basically, it's, it's basically Vader gets off the pants. ship and says, "Hey, you, you're worried about me? It's hey, the Emperor." Or right, he says, "I'm I'm much more forgiving than he is." Basically, right. but this so after he's killed like. Seven captains, right? Places. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a great record if you're if you're an upper management in the right, in the empire. Like, and you know, this is how great Darth Vader was. You could you could smell the collective shitting of the pants of everybody in the <laughs> right. Death Star when he gets down. And then yeah. you know he seems cool. He hasn't choked anybody out. Right. And then he drops the bomb that the Emperor is coming. Right. And then it's even more like. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody's just like, oh, God. <laughs> well, so anyways, I mean, right before that, basically, the, the kind of the first big shot of the movie after the credits is one of those, uh, the, basically a Star Destroyer flying over the camera. and uh, Yeah, that's how it opens. Yeah, and yeah. but that shot is, uh, that alone right there is better than any special effects shot I that agree. I had seen up to that point in any of these movies from 1983. It's so, uh, it's so good looking. And all it was, was motion control cameras and models and really well-made models basically. And, uh, I mean, it looks better to me. And I, I think this is objective. I think if you asked kids today, even kids who grew up in a CG era, if they thought that looked better and then compare it to, Something any, comparable any that was a CG ship flying over. I I promise you they would say that the Return of the Jedi opening shot looks better. Oh, yeah. It because just, it's, it's physical. It's yeah. a real physical thing. Right. And it's just a trick of – it's that, that's movie making right yeah. there. You know, they're fooling the eye. But, I mean, how much money are they saving? I mean, I, I bet I they're – I'm they sure they're saving – I'm sure they're saving time because it's probably faster to do 
a spaceship like that because you could just punch in an algorithm and say make it look different right. you know every five feet or You're whatever but the economy. think of how many people it would take yeah, to build, to build the models like i mean it can't be more expensive because as much as they say these big movies like avatar cost that are almost completely cg as much as those movies cost to make there's no way that it's more <laughs> expensive to make models no and i think it's more expensive to do cg like yeah because they're just gouging away uh at the hollywood people on, right on how much how much the programs cost or whatever the computers and right else. well and yeah and at this point they've probably just made enough of a investment that they're convinced they have to do it that way yeah but, they've set the they've set the price range right I'd love to see somebody just try it one more time. Now, I'm not saying, like, reverse the whole Hollywood system. Well, but still... Let's have somebody go make a big fantasy, sci-fi, whatever movie and do some models. And I know Peter Jackson used a lot of models. Peter Jackson did um, – what's his name? And now his last movie didn't um, – uh, the three, Zack Snyder. Oh, Zack Snyder has he done does, models he before? Does, well, he does some of his – he does a lot of – like on uh, Dawn of the Dead, a lot of that was actual plastiques and squibs and stuff like that. Oh, you're talking about uh, in terms of like practical effects on the zombies? Yeah, yeah sure. You'll see a lot of yeah. I mean, there's a lot a... of movies will just like a, like a, a, a <laughs> that House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, Devil's Reject. Devil's Reject. There was a knife thrown and stuck in somebody. Yeah, and the whole thing was CG. Right, and it just looks like garbage. But. Uh, fantasy movies. I'm trying to think. Maybe. Well, I mean, I think if it's if, Del Toro if practical effects are alive anywhere, still it's in makeup because I think that yeah. still matters to people. I think people, if our our eyes tip us off a lot more to CG people, yeah. like anything organic, basically, I think we notice quicker that it's not real. Right, and and there's a but they can get away with it with landscapes and big buildings and spaceships and stuff like that. You know. Right, and people are naturally disposed to dislike something that's almost human-looking. Sure, yeah, but not. And we talked actually. And if we you catch that difference, then you you dislike it a little bit more. Yeah, we talked about that in the in the uh, zombie podcast series that we did. So, and uh, and by the way, everybody, uh, for the, there's a little there's a little promo for you. Go on iTunes and find the old film nerds uh, guide to zombies. But I have to, and so should you. Yes, yeah, Chris, you should listen to it too, but. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think, I think that, you know, the the so 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 basically effects wise, to me, this movie holds up incredibly well. I think it looks as yeah. good or better than anything, even today. And I, I'm even the bigger, uh, sort of uh, the really where it really gets impressive is the big spaceship battles i guess oh, yeah, where like with the superstar destroyers yeah where there where there's all the rebel ships so many of them flying around and and uh and you know we we only get a few shots where you see a lot of stuff in detail but they're really good and it's hard it's almost hard to believe they pulled that off yeah with well, and, all those and, separate models and just had to use analog special effects yeah know? what do you what do you think about you know i guess the the java scene overall and and i guess how that – because that's probably the most iconic thing from this movie that everybody remembers. The rest it of it is really, sort of wrapping up. But the Jabba thing, you could almost pick that out and make it its own little standalone short film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As a kid, it was it was really disturbing because they were totally like – you know, by the time you work out what's going on, I mean they get a, – they're doing the stunts and everything. It's yeah. great. And then suddenly, you know, Leia's doing something with that chain, and and then suddenly right. his fat tongue is sticking out. It's really dark, the whole thing. Yeah, and then you realize, hey, Leia, not only, which we, we, we skipped over, we glossed over the Leia bringing us forth into maturity right. with her bikini outfit. <laughs> so not only has she done that at the beginning, right. but then she's showing us about, the, you know, uh, murder yeah basically. well there's that choke out a slug but to me also when i was a kid and i don't know that i would say that it bothered me but it probably did make me uncomfortable a little bit first it, of all that 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 they're playing well two things one that they're playing up the uh what's what's the big monster the rancor the rancor that the fact that he's sort of biting people in half for their amusement that gets played up a little bit I mean, it's supposed to be a little bit funny. You know what, though? Always, Especially I've the always, pig getting bit in half. I've always loved things getting bitten in half in movies. <laughs> when Godzilla eats the, the hillbillies or whatever. I mean, not Godzilla. King Kong eats the hillbillies. Right. Oh, uh, man. 
It just always works. It never doesn't work for me. <laughs> it so, never doesn't work. Uh, well, I mean, stop motion on top of that, which I think the Rancor was that. Stop some of it's stop motion and some of it's puppet. But uh, but it's way, it's like, really no. I mean, it's a good effect and it's scary, but it's also. Uh, I don't know, like, especially the first, the, like, girl dancer that he throws down in there. I mean, like, that's some, that's basically what they're getting into is, like, this sort of heathenist yeah. Roman stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah, That that's what's kind of going on is this big pit of, sin, this den of sin going on, basically. Right. And then the other thing that bothered me was, was the Caligatorium. That is nice. Uh, that's That's your word of the day on the Film Nerds podcast here. But the um, the 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 pit, the monster in the pit, is also just. I mean, I know that again. It's play, it's supposed to be. I know now as a twenty seven year old that that is written to be so over the top that it's almost like in a Monty Python way funny, where they talk about that you're going to be thrown in there and slowly digested for a thousand. Oh years. yeah, well. But the, if you're a little kid hearing that, yeah. that is that is some it's messed up heavy. stuff. Yeah, it's heavy. And and but for the adults. You know, they know that there's over-exaggeration going on. Right. And they're entertained by C-3P's yeah. flowery speech and whatever. <laughs> right. It's like, and, and it's like Sesame Street in that way. You know, it's for the kids, but then there's stuff for the adults also. Right. Um, yeah. It, it's definitely... Uh, I was more worried about the Sarlacc pit, though. When I was a kid watching yeah. it, I knew that he was going to get out of the Rancor because the movie just started. Right. You know, they're, they're but you didn't want out. any of them to fall in because they're all at some point about to fall in. Well, and I never thought – I thought you know, it was a very specific spot you had to be yeah. standing in to actually fall in. Everybody else knew where the line but was. But they do, they, do, they do throw Lando perilously close to it, and that's somebody that you could go – well, well, he was scooting himself he might, into it. He might go – they might kill Lando. Yeah, or, you know? you know, and that's one of those points. They give you so many points when you think there's going to be a rescue attempt. Right. Or some, where the action's actually, like, going to full-on kick in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I knew he was going to get out. The, and on the version that we were watching, it was so dark. That's where I think it's a bootleg. It was because you couldn't see anything in that pit. Like, when, when – Yeah. With, with Luke in the black and everything else is black, the shadows were everything. And, and you have a very nice – uh, audio video system. Right. I uh, <laughs> Thank it, you. It was not like the television or you know the DVD player or anything like that. This was mm-hmm. the copy of the movie. It was just terrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you couldn't see that whole part. You could see his head and like the skull he was reaching for. Right. Yeah. 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 It was. It was. Well, I think you know. Also, it's uh, we. You know, like I said, I, I wonder if he'll ever put this out on Blu-ray in the original version. Nah. Um, but you know, if so, it, 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 it may, it may turn out a little bit better. Um, so Chris, let me, let me, um, shift gears for a minute here and talk about the, uh, the, I, I had, I had Jason Roach who you're, you're familiar with, but he's, he was I'm the, a big uh, fan. Love the Roche. Yeah. Roach is a, he's a little local comedy figure around here, but, um, but Jason, Jason was here to talk about trading places and, um, amidst that debate. We actually he he brought up to me that he just recently, as in this year, watched the three original Star Wars movies for the first time ever, at the age of twenty seven, and um, and he had kind of an interesting reaction to it. And I want to play it for you and then get. Um, you would never know. He seems like a well rounded individual. Yeah, though I, I I think he sort of deliberately avoided it for most of that time, and um, but it's just weird to find somebody our age that has never seen them until adulthood basically. Yeah. And um and it's just interesting to hear somebody who didn't like me and you didn't grow up with it and didn't ever have an impression of it as a kid where they just are willing to accept anything the movie gives them. Right. So I want to play his reaction for you and and just hear what you have to say about Here it. Here we go. This maybe this won't go on the podcast but you do in uh, Return of the Jedi too, right? Return of the Jedi. Uh, spoiler alert! But Return of the Jedi is number one. That will be our final. I watched podcast. that for the first time. When, when did you watch it? Uh, a couple of days ago. But had you already seen Star Wars and Empire Strikes? Yeah, Back? well, I'd never seen any of the Star Wars movies ever. Oh wow! So, so you watched all three of them in in back to back to back? No, well, I mean, yeah, but spaced out, not all in one sitting. Okay, but through uh, the last few months, I watched. Uh, all three of them in order. All the original ones, not the redone ones. Well, no, this. Well, I'll, I'll put this in the podcast because this is 1983 relevant. So this is somebody in 2011 who is 20 
seven years old. Yeah. And you've never seen the Star Wars movies until now. Until now, you're right. Did you watch the? Do you know if you watched the actual original? No, I know. Movies? I know. I did. You I, didn't watch I, the special edition. I didn't stuff. watch the special edition. Yeah. I had a friend. He made me do it. Yeah, my friend JP. He yeah, you made, don't want to watch special edition. But he made me watch the original because he thought I was a moron. I have to say, I'm pretty impressed that you've avoided it for as long as you have because it's hard to not have watched the Star Wars movies. A lot of it was ruined for me, but it was kind of cool to watch it through fresh eyes. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously you knew the plot twists that were coming. I knew the plot, like a lot of the major lines yeah. uh, had, you know, I. it's so steeped in our culture. Right. So, but uh, Return of the Jedi, um, it just sucked. You didn't really like it, it was, at all? No, I didn't yeah. like That's it. That's a popular it. opinion. A lot of people... I didn't uh, even like the... Uh, what's the second one? Or, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I didn't See, like that. That's sort of well known as... To a lot of people would say the Empire Strikes Back is sort of the quintessential second movie. In, like, basically, when they make a trilogy, everybody goes, you gotta make you got to make the second one like Empire. you gotta, you got to sort of do... just travel around. It's just like they're moving all the time. Yeah, I mean, they it's all action and set up, yeah. and there's no resolution in the in in the movie. You basically end it with everybody looking out a window going, I wonder what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. But, like, Return of the Jedi was just awful. All the What did you hate the most about it? I Well, I hated the Ewoks. Yeah. I think every single fight scene could have been edited down into, like, five minutes since... That that uh, the whole fight scene with the Ewoks and the stormtroopers yeah. and on that moon was it was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. You could have cut that in. You could have cut three quarters of all of that out. I don't need to see a stupid Ewok hitting himself in the face with a rock <laughs> or like a stormtrooper getting looped yeah. around a tree. It was just the it was so stupid. You know what else I didn't like was that Darth Vader. Had a turn of heart. You so you actually now this is a really interesting opinion. So you actually don't like that he no. turns out to be okay. Uh uh-uh. uh Stay bad. He's lived. <laughs> he, he lived his life bad for however long. He should have just stayed bad and tried to kill Luke, and then Luke has to murder his. Evil well, father. I guess it doesn't even have to. Like maybe he could like trip or something. I don't know. <laughs> Fall. Maybe he could like fall, or or you know what I wanted to happen was when he uh, throws the 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 what's the the emperor yeah the, when he throws the emperor down into the pit which goes I don't know where it goes but I wanted the emperor why didn't he shoot lightning up and and kill Vader like like Lord of the Rings where you think he's the, you think they beat him oh, and yeah, then I like guess they did that he just sort of Rings. like oh I'm walking away from the cliff <laughs> right, and then they right. grab his foot and he falls down yeah. Yeah. ah. <laughs> I've always been bad. And maybe that's what he could say. I'm still not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I never loved you. Screw you. And then he takes his helmet off. I never loved you, yeah. He takes his helmet off and he... he And he looks like a little hard-boiled egg with a bite taken out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looks like, uh, you know, something you'd hit with a hammer at a carnival. Like, come out of a hole. (laughs) Yeah. Whack-a-mole. He looks like... he looks like a ghostly whack-a-mole. What did you think about the... Uh, this is like now become like at least <laughs> at least half a Return of the Jedi podcast. What did you think about... I'm just like fascinated with somebody who just saw this. What do you think about the um, the fish, the sort of like squid... Eggplant? A- admiral. Eggplant head? Yeah. The admiral who's sort of leading the big space battle. Oh, well, see, I was watching this with friends and uh, the the uh, one of them said... A really famous line is coming up. A really famous, yeah. just wait for it. And I'm like, all right, well, what's the famous line? And I'm like, listening, you know, because I don't know the line. And 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 we're watching the fight scene, and he's sitting in his, you know, his lazy boy on the ship. And then uh, he says, "It's a trap." And she like looks at me like, <laughs> like you're supposed you to get be it? so impressed. Yeah. You get it? And I'm like, it's a trap. What? Who gives? What? That's the line. It's a trap. That's on a t-shirt? Give me a break. These Star Wars people are morons. But you didn't... I, I so, couldn't so, stand so, so Empire, though, you don't... Did you did you enjoy the Yoda stuff? To me, I love that. I still love that. I think that... I, you know, the, my puppet, favorite... the puppet work in that... That's like the only puppet performance I can think of where I'm like, that's actually like a legit... It's not even like a funny thing. It's like a... 
That's like a good performance by a puppet. Well, uh, one of my favorite parts of Return of the Jedi was Mm. uh, when uh, Yoda died. So you didn't like the Yoda stuff then? Not I was. I, it was just hilarious when he then died. he dies because he was like, <laughs> "You well, <laughs> you that is another <laughs> Scott Walker." Oh, he says, "You won't be a Jedi until you face Vader." And then he That's, dies. But think about all the jokes and references you're going to get now that you've seen these movies that you might have been missing before. I, I'm not. I, I'll tell you, I didn't miss a thing. <laughs> All right, so, so Chris, what what's your take on the on the uh, the fresh the fresh approach in 2011? First first time viewer of the Star Wars movies. Well, it was pretty snarky about the whole situation. Yeah, snarky, snarky, and then kind of like listening to my grandmother talk about it. <laughs> it is a little like, bit. I was. Like, it's because like those things. <laughs> well, to be fair, first I was of all, glad when that gross monster died, Yoda. I mean, to be fair, I think, I think that, um, that Jason doesn't really, uh, he, he's not the kind of guy who's generally into sci-fi anyway. Right. But that said, I think, I think you're right that I think it's, it's funny that, um, you know, it's, it's almost, it's almost like that if you, if you watched it for the first time today and if it, if it came out today for the first time. I wonder if people would still be would be like Jason and basically say this is this is lame. Who would buy this? Well, but yeah. only because it influenced so many other things that have been just like that. Yeah, and I think maybe Jason's feeling the effects of that. Of that, it doesn't feel original to him because, well, because so many movies have copied it now. It's yeah, it's, you know, practically thirty years later. Um, so yeah, it's been done. A lot. All all of that stuff has been done a bunch, and you know his opinion of the of the Ewoks. You know this is a popular. Yeah. Opinion. Everybody loves hating on the Ewoks. Right. But here's the thing: as a six year old, let's bring it back to the original. Mm-hmm. Why I'm here as a guest. Right. Thing. As a six year old, these these guys are like the closest thing that you can relate to in the movie. Yeah. Because I mean, even though they don't speak English, which let me tell you, the difference between Ewoks and Jar Jar Binks is that they don't speak English. They don't speak some massacre of English that, like, that what whatever they're up to is, like, you, the kid's imagination can fill that in. Well, that's actually a really good point, Chris. I think that that is – people like to make that comparison, but I think it is endlessly more stupid that Jar Jar Binks speaks broken up English. Right, terrible English, and yeah. it's just like – like, it's just this this – big retarded personality that just fills up you can't yeah you can't even think with this thing going on and flopping around flopping around making all squeaky noises yeah just being basically a retard i can't say that enough (laughs) is a a retarded person a retarded being and even all the other all the other gundams were even well and they did that with with lots of other alien races in the prequels and they didn't really do it in the original movies because you have the other um the little uh, well, because sand people with the hoods on. Yeah, the Jawas. Yeah, the Jawas. They also don't speak English. And then basically, I mean, I can't think of another alien in the movie, another non-human in the movie that does speak English. Yeah, I don't think because, they do because they didn't need to. They didn't feel the need to make everything instantly relatable for mm-hmm. people to understand. Like to, the audience today is like. Well, I don't understand what they're saying. So and I don't want to read subtitles. Care. Yeah, because they gave us subtitles on a lot of them too. Yeah. Jabba had subtitles. Greedo had subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 a respect that has faded for like not only the fake alien cultures of movies, but like just in general other cultures. There's an intolerant. There's, there's a, a, a haughty intolerance for any kind of like. Oh well, they're not speaking American. What the? What, why am I even watching this? Do you think that's a little bit of like ultra conservative racism creeping oh, yeah, into totally. the prequels of totally, saying I don't totally. if you don't if totally. you don't because you got the you don't want to speak American. You got the, get out of my movie. You got the Jim Henson Muppeteers in all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, and they're you know they're your seventies hippies people. Right. You know, uh, you know they 
have a respect. They were, they would probably, and this sounds ridiculous, would have a respect for the Ewok culture itself as they were making it. Like, oh, these these little creatures. Well, be- this. because they're acting. Yeah. At the end of the day, the difference between a puppet performer or and a midget a, performer, and, and, and or, again, or a little I person in a suit. Yeah, I love midgets in movies almost as much as I love people getting bitten in half in movies. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, and the difference—the difference, the difference so between a human being giving a performance and one of these CG creatures that we get in in uh, in the prequels—is again, it's huge because there's somebody. I mean, I'm sure not everybody was, but most of the time, I, I can I know it's true of the Hensons because I've I've read the Henson people. I've read enough about them to know that they give a lot of effort and they yeah, really they, do a lot of rehearsing they, they and they put thought the into soul it. into their yes. things. Except for Sesame Street at this point, which yeah, is clearly But sold. all of their work, especially on stuff like these movies, yeah. it's all the art, early they are artists and yeah. they're trying to bring something to life. Yeah, and, and I think probably for the most part, at least most of these, at least probably the few main Ewok actors, um, and we know that Warwick Davis was the main guy, the main Ewok, um, the, those guys care about acting too, and and right. from whatever whatever they whatever kind of faculties they have to act with in those suits, they're probably giving it an effort and trying. And you know what? People probably make fun of this moment too, but there is a genuine. Lucas throws in a little uh, genuine Ewok emotional moment oh, where, yeah, where where the one Ewok dies yeah. and the other one is trying to wake sad. him up, and it is sad. And when you're a little kid, it's really sad, but it yeah. actually. Uh, if you can, you know, if you can stop scoffing at it as a as a post, you know, post ironic right. hipster, it's it's again it's they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're trying stop. to make they're trying to make them into real, uh, you know, creatures Relatable that you think. yeah, and and but yeah, but your your point about your point about the the puppets especially, and I, I mentioned it talking to Jason, but I mean Yoda in both of these movies way more so in Empire than here, but that is a that's a performance that is better than most of the human performances in the prequel movies. And, and even Yoda's performance in the prequel movies. And that, and he was probably one of the better parts of those. Mm-hmm. But, like, you really – and as much of a, as a boner as it gave a lot of Star Wars nerds to see him do a lightsaber jump and flip Oh, around, I hated the really, Yoda fight. I right, hated it. It really wasn't that – like, they could have – just as easily had him still be a puppet and rather than doing like actual hand to hand fighting mm-hmm. or whatever, like in the in the cartoons, he was throwing starships around and stuff. Right. Just, you know, they just show him wiggling his hand around. Well, for, you know, the, instead of running, being able to be animated to run away from the Emperor like a punk. I, I think I really have always thought that the Star Wars prequels were influenced more by the Matrix movies than they were the original Star Wars movies. I can see that. And I think that that's what they were trying to do. They're trying to work in as much martial arts, slow-mo oh, yeah. stuff in well, there as Ray they could. Park, you know. Yeah. They're very well, I'm not going to criticize Park Ray Park. Park. I think no, he, he does, did a good job. He's got what he does. Yeah. I just think they're like, well, while we have him, right. you know, he can teach everybody to fling like <laughs> Right. Um but anyway, back to the Ewoks and as a kid, yeah. you know, and again, it is, if you're an adult and you're looking at it, it is ridiculous that they're taking down this empire. But at this point, the empire is full of dunderheads. Mm-hmm. You know, the clones, even if they are clones, I'm not even going to get started, but they weren't really originally clones. They were right. just people that got recruited and they were threw on a uniform and were, yeah. they were like, go do this. That's why they bump, bump their head in the first movie and yeah. things like that. They're just a bunch of goofballs. Uh, so they could easily be mentally overtaken by bears that know how to braid hair and, and make logs slam together right. and stuff like that. But these are the tools that as a child, that that's all you have also. Yeah. You know, you don't have access. Most of us didn't to laser guns. Sure. And, uh, it's a little bit of the Goonies things. effect. Right. You know? Exactly. But I think also on a perhaps, and I don't think I'm giving Lucas too much credit here. I think this is intentional, but – um, a lot of the movies I've seen in '83, it's de- there's definitely a post-Vietnam sort of effect that that's still it's not it's yeah, not to the point yeah, where it's a factor that. anymore where it's directly, but a lot of movies reference Vietnam, Here's- and I think that's sort of a little bit being referenced here is to say like even if you've got 
all the guns and all the weapons and you've got the plan. Right. If you go into somebody else's backyard and they know the woods better than you, yeah, you don't they can they can beat you. It's the little man victory. Right. Plot, which always works for kids too. Right. So that's the other thing. And then also the Darth Vader. If Darth Vader doesn't turn good, then kids are really upset about it, the whole situation, life in general. You know, they gave us until our twenties to be upset about that with the prequels. <laughs> right. But at the in the meantime the whole Star Wars trilogy wraps up neatly. Star Wars, I mean, uh, Darth Vader's a good guy. You know, he wasn't really bad. Yeah. He's awesomely bad throughout the first, most of the three movies. If you want bad and Darth Vader, they've given the you some. Yeah. yeah. And and so much better of a bad Darth Vader than than the previous. I, I got to stop talking about the previous. Yeah, no, we've, well, well, it's inevitable. It's going to come up. But, but I mean, the, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that this movie is not, the Darth Vader movie. It's definitely, he's not really even the villain even. And that's made clear from the opening scene is that he's not the bad guy anymore. The emperor is the, is the real bad guy. Yeah, now. He's, the, he's the, the big, big baddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, let's, let's touch on a couple they of more be points. By Ewoks, yes, they can. Oh no, here's something. Let me, let me yeah, ask go you ahead. this. Maybe, you know, I, I'm, I have a vague notion that didn't George Lucas like adopt uh, like a Korean kid or something. I don't know. I want to say he's got an adopted Korean kid. If this is incorrect, you know, <laughs> somebody can well, write in and leave let's a comment see. that I'm totally off off the mark with this. Well, well here's my Where thought. are you going Before with we it? find out if this is true well, or not. Hang on. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, he's, uh, he claims his kids influence, you know, what he does for the kids. So it's like, you know, if he did adopt this little, like, Korean toddler or whatever, it probably was a lot like an Ewok to him. And then, by the time it's gotten older and, like, listens to hip-hop and is, like, a teenager slash 20-year-old, it's probably a lot like Jar Jar Binks to him. So, basically, that kids got more annoying, and that's why his movies got more annoying. I think that it's a cultural it's a cultural. Well, he I can say he did adopt a daughter in 1981. It does not really tell me about her national origin, okay. but he adopted a daughter in 1981. So, that would have been pretty fresh on his mind when, when he was making... Jedi, and it, it certainly it, could have it, it influenced have the fact that there are teddy bears running around. Right. Um, and he's, he's, you're right, he has adopted two more kids in uh, 88 and 93, who almost certainly, again, were an influence on, because we know by, well, his, especially his, by 93, he was yeah. developing the prequels. He blamed his kids, he blamed his kids for Jar Jar. He was like, you know, this is fully something that my kids love. Well, his son, his, 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 Youngest child, his son is named Jet. So there you go. I think that says it right there. Yeah. But although he didn't name himself, that's 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 on Lucas. That's no pilot rectifier or whatever. What what was that? Jason Lee's kid. Oh right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and um, so what do you what do you think about the the fact that this movie? I, I guess. Was you know at the time this is the only option available because this is the pre pre this is pre PG thirteen era. Yeah. But um, I, I guess because this is the thing I think about a lot. Uh, I watched this movie when I was a kid, and I, I don't really remember how old I would have been the first time I watched them. I think I was at least in fifth grade. So I mean, I was older than you were the first time I watched them. Yeah. I think. I was about. In um, but you know, I guess. You know, I, I, Francesca and I talk about this a lot because now we have a daughter and we have a son on the way, and right. we think about because because it's going to be a major thing in my life of when I show my kids the big important movies. I'm gonna, you know, I want my kids to have good taste in right. movies, and they're definitely going to watch the Star Wars movies at some point. But this is a PG movie. Well, you would know, you think if it came out today, all the content in it and everything is it is it PG thirteen or is it PG? I don't know. I would say, I mean, you got a choking out, you got a choking Java, and then they shoot that whole ship down and kill everybody, presumably, in that. Um, and then also, well, you got the hand getting cut off, but that's a robot hand. That's I don't true. Know. I think you could probably pull off a PG. Stuff. I think the Java stuff. The only the only place where it comes close is really the Java stuff right. because there are. There's the people being killed by a ma- oh we didn't talk about that where the droid is being tortured right, and screams yeah oh man and <laughs> you know as a kid I was like it, no it, that doesn't occur to me like why was this program to feel pain right it was just like they're doing something terrible to that poor to that robot can. yeah <laughs> you know, what, why is it screaming 
<laughs> well, that, that'll set a dark tone. It, see, I think the only thing that would push it over the top, the only thing that I would worry about if I was showing this to a kid is the stuff where the Rancor is eating people. Right. But and other than that, susceptible to like big scary monsters. Yeah. You know? I mean, other than that, it's really probably pretty safe. Yeah. But you know what? They have to want to watch it. You can't force kids to watch stuff and hope that they'll appreciate it. Well, that's true, Chris, and that's good. Resent it. That's good life advice for me. Adults like Jason, because I am going to force them to watch. You know, I, I'm at some point. There are going to be some movies where, like, They're damn it, kids, we're sitting down Steven and watching Spielberg this. All through the Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> kids, when I was when I was seven, my parents made me watch ET, and I cried too. So you're going to do it. You are going to love this magic. You love are, it. You... <laughs> are you feeling the magic of, of Hook? He's going home, kids. Get ready to cry. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I I don't know. I think I think you make ET still makes me cry. And not cry bawling tears, but I still get the love. It's a sad movie, man. It will always put a lump in my Listen, that's the first time I ever cried at a movie, and I didn't understand what was happening to me. Yeah. You know what? I did that in I was angry at myself because I didn't know why I was crying. That was a theater uh, one for me, and I cried a little bit in the the theater. But I knew why, because it was sad. Yes. Flipping sad. It's very sad. He He leaves. He was... Well, and when he was dying, I think that was the worst part, was when he was dying, and they were getting separated, and the whole thing. It's pretty intense. It's an emotional, yeah. emotional trip. Well, I, I hope Ben Flanagan hasn't been listening uh, to all this, by the way, right now, because Ben Flanagan has not seen E.T. It's uh, really? an abomination. Yeah, I know. Well, we're, well we shouldn't have I'm to thinking give about, spoiler alerts. No, no. You don't have to give Come a spoiler on, alert for E.T. Yeah. Don't make me reach into this computer. We, you. we may do a podcast for when Ben Flanagan watches E.T. I may just like live podcast his the, the last scene of the movie and just sort of. Just like record him sniffling, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Chris, thank you for uh, thanks for going through this movie with me. And uh, I think I, I mean, do you, do you have anything else you want to point out about the movie, or, or any other points you want to make about it? Oh, there's so there's, it's pretty open ended. Yeah. Speaking of midgets, R two D two was a this is this is commitment to film. Well, he you was know an what? Upside down midget. In that, That's in true. R2-D2. He was upside down in there. Yeah, like he was controlling it, kind of. And like a crouched upside down. Yeah, like on his back. You mean on his back with his legs up? Not with his head on the on the bottom. Not like no, doing a headstand. No, stand. I don't think his head was on the bottom. His back was on the bottom, and his legs were above him. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, they put these. There's a human. There's human performance in R two D two as well, yeah, yeah. which is why he's so great. Yeah, Anthony Daniels. Yep. Squeezed him right into those. Do we it, now? There is parts of C three PO that is a human in a suit in the prequels, right? In, in the prequels? Yeah. I don't know. Do we ne- do, is it all CG C-3PO? I would bet. I would bet. Yeah, I would have to go back and, and watch them, which I don't want to do. Don't do it, kids. <laughs> all you film nerds and nerdettes. Yeah, little, I did. little nerdlings, don't I, watch it. When I, I did actually bring your sister to episode three, and we may have already been dating – which well, we must have already been dating because if I had brought her, edition? no, no, I'm talking about episode three. Oh, oh episode three. I, if great. as if I if I had brought her to that before we'd been dating, we would not be married today. I don't <laughs> think so. She, we must have been dating for a while at that point. Um, let's see. I was arrested um, going to the special edition of, of Return, of the, Return Jedi. of the Jedi. Well, yeah. that's a good story I was, too. I was supposed to meet some people. <laughs> Uh, behind Wildwood Theaters, and uh, we were gonna, you know, smoke some tweed, and uh, <laughs> we were parked like maybe five car lengths away. All right. Nobody was to be found. I didn't know where anybody was, so I was like, "Well, screw this. I'm gonna smoke this before the movie because it's almost time." I took one hit. Cop knocks on the window. Oh no! Because like, he was no like, special edition clearing, for you. They were just clearing people out of the out of the back. Did you see? I had it? to blow it into my passenger seat. <laughs> And then roll down the window <laughs> and be like, hey. Uh, yeah, no special. That was far. That was rough. That, that was, was rough. far better I than any. Like, that was way better than any personal experience story I thought I would get on this podcast about oh, Return yeah. of the Jedi. And I it was about the special edition. The special edition, yeah. <laughs> Which didn't really, that wasn't the what colored my opinion of the special editions, believe it or not. And that didn't have anything to do with it. No. Yeah. No. And in fact, I was all right with them. And up until, here's where the line is crossed, kids. When you take... Uh, Sebastian Shaw, I think, was mm-hmm. Anakin. Okay. No, no, no. His name is... Uh, you're talking about... 
Oh, yeah, in, in the in Return of the Jedi, the, originally. The yeah, yes. When you replace him with a, with an Australian douchebag who couldn't act his way out of all three of those movies, okay, Luke never met young Anakin, okay? He doesn't know what he looks like. So, like, you know, as a kid, I didn't know who Anakin was. I had to ask at the end of the movie, hey, who was that third guy? Well, they replaced they replaced Alec Guinness with Ewan McGregor also. Oh, in the did they really? I think they did. Oh, man. See, I didn't even hear about that. I That's, think they did. I didn't. Yeah. I I'm not sure. I, th- I think I'm going to be sick. I, th- I think they may have. Alec Guinness, it's one thing. This guy didn't have any lines. But, you know, I mean, that's like his probably gem in his... In his Cap and he gets cut out. At least they let him all the way cut out. Well, they let him die. Still, they gave him the death scene. I don't think they replaced him dying with Hayden Christensen. No, that would be ridiculous. But they replaced his Jedi spirit, which just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's so stupid, George Lucas. If you're listening, that's the stupidest. (laughs) I really hope he's listening. And if you replace Alec Guinness, then I may have to just like. uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've already stopped buying stuff for the most part. I like to think. Oh, yeah, you are wearing a Boba Fett t-shirt right now. I should have pointed that out. It's awesome. Yeah, I like to think George Lucas goes on iTunes every morning and just searches <laughs> for all of his – for searches for his name and yep. for any podcast mentions that he might get. That's right. And uh, waiting for this one. He'll pull this up and he'll just be weeping in his breakfast as he listens Why to it. Why does he hate me so much? <laughs> um, I used to love him. I used to. I, I honored him and revered him and then he just totally – Yeah, because here's the thing. Star Wars was the franchise. It was the thing in life that never sucked. It was always it was like a warm fireplace hearth in your in your in your home of your subconscious that you could always go back to. And there's really no equivalent since then. I mean, I can't think of anything that has come out since then that has been that's like let's say as a franchise that has been as just universally revered as those three movies were for a long time before there was anything else to judge them by michael jackson is the only other thing i, can um, I mean even even lord of the rings um you know they're not they're not as universally loved as the star wars movies because i don't oh. think they're as poppy as the star mean, wars movies were and I, I you know i have those on on dvd and mm-hmm. never watch them because they're so long I thought they were. I good love movies. them. See, I I grew up with those in a way because I watched them. To give to them. Yeah, I mean, I watched them in high school, and I I would say because I'll never know what what real disappointment people like you must have felt when they watched episode one. Well, you know, because to me confusion. it was just like it was confusion until episode yeah. two because you're like, well, maybe. Yeah, you're just, trying to rationalize, yeah. but I, I mean, I'll never people my age group. And you know, I'm 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 not that much younger than you, but I'm younger enough that Star Wars didn't mean to me what it meant to you. And I mean, I, the only thing I can think of is, you know, I'm pretty excited about the Hobbit movies now that we're hearing about it. And I would say I'm so sure that they're going to be great that I'll be really I'll probably be mad for the rest of my life if those movies suck. But I I still don't think it will be cuz I won't have had to wait as long. Never. And I still don't think I'll ever be I feel the pain that real Star Wars fans must have felt when episode one came out. There was such a rich tapestry that had sprung forth from these first original movies. So much great stuff came out of it that, you know, got us through until Mm -hmm. these new movies came out. And, you know, we just all went for it and... Yeah, it was just like it was like hey, <laughs> there was a silence that get a kick in the face by a hobnail boot, and that's what we got. It was ridiculous. Uh, that's the pain still lingering, but at, at least you, at least you did. Uh, so I mean, so you saw you saw Empire in the theater too. I saw Empire in the theater, but I only remember the very. I remember like uh, the part when Luke went fell down in, in Cloud City because yeah. I thought that was the ending. It kept having fake out endings, right? Um, so I remember that, thinking it was the end, and then I remember the actual ending scene. Right. And that's about all I took away from it as a kid. I, you know, I don't know what I was doing. Well, it's cool. I mean, look, there's not a lot of movies that you can tell that you'll, that'll be worth, like, telling the, telling the grandkids, like, yeah, I was, I was in the theater when that came out. But I think, I think the Star Wars movies, the original Star Wars movies are probably as, as iconic or more so than any movie that has come out since yeah, then. I mean, yeah. it's hard to think of anything that feels more like it's an untouchable, just, you know. Which is why it's so terrible that it's been touched so much. It's like yeah. it's like molestation by a father. 
It's the worst thing you can do. Like he just totally made this beautiful child and then went back and was yeah. like, but really what you need is all these other yeah. computer animated things right. popping around and being distracted. Yeah. Well, people, I think now I, you're a pretty piggy. It's, it's more, it's different than, it's different than so many other just, uh, re it's so much different than a remake because not only did he, uh, I think people feel like he really did damage the original movies because yeah. of the fact that he used them as a base for the new stuff. And that, and then he sort of did things that rewrote them in a way. Oh, in a, in a way, in the way that you do things to rewrite yeah. something is, is the way. And it's I think like it's exactly what he did. Yeah, and I think there's no in a way. But you know, I think to me, uh, and and there there's been the the film nerds crew has dis- discussed this uh, a lot, and they've discussed George Lucas a lot, particularly more more so with what he did with Indiana Jones than with this. Well, but Indiana Jones is almost excusable, almost. Because I saw that. I finally gave in and saw that on Netflix. Yeah. And a lot of people hated the, a lot of that. And there was a lot of patently stupid things in yeah. that too. But not like franchise ruining. Although I do think – look, I think the further away these movies all get um, and the more in the past they are, provided he stops and he might yeah. not. He might keep this going. Yeah. Uh, and there's talks of it. But – I think the further away we get from it all, I think people are going to separate it, and and you know, so. are the a couple generations from now, people will go, well, look, well, these three movies are just like they'll do with all uh, unnecessary here's... sequels and remakes. I think they'll I go, these three movies are great me. movies, and there's a bunch of other stuff that was associated with it, but it's not really worth talking about. Well, that's a hope for the future. Yeah, but I work with stupid kids, right? Um, one of which, and maybe this isn't a popular notion, but I have a sinking feeling it is, likes Clerks 2 more than the original Clerks. See, that kind of stuff. That's, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. That's there's insane. only one such a piece of garbage. There's only one thing that's ever acceptable to say, I like the second one better than the first one, and that's The Godfather. Godfather, and, and to me, and this is a debated opinion, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love it. Okay, well, I, I, I can't Texas speak to that. In my opinion, I will take on all comers. It's so much better than the first one. Yeah. Because it's so crazy. But, it, but you know, but it's it's rare, especially when you have something like, and Clerks is a good example. As that was one, and he flared out. He's a big George it's an, Lucas guy. Yeah. And he flared out just like George Lucas, but yep. a lot quicker. Lot, but, it's, but, you know, it's, it's these, this is, a, this is a thing that didn't start happening until, really, until after 2000, where... We have these sort of special, unique, iconic movies that got made. People love them because of how different they were and that they they were the first of their kind. And then even the same people that were involved in them, they come back 10, 15 years later and they make a sequel. And it, and by now, they're so different. They're, they're such different people. And the yeah. original movie they made has gone on to become uh, – such it's been redone and, and borrowed from so many times that the sequel can't it, it can't even come close because it's it's just a pale shadow of the original movie. Yeah, and if I may, in Clerks Two, Rosario Dawson is Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> there, there's a whole scene that's where great. she's just dancing. That's great. It's just her flopping around and dancing. Yeah, that's what it's about. That's that is. I don't think we can top that, Chris. I think we're gonna have to go out on that note. So well, you know what? Can I get? I got yeah, one what, go one go ahead. Story. My go grandmother. Ahead. This is my this is my episode four, I guess. Okay. Story. When I was a kid, a very young kid, I was loving Star Wars and everything. My grandmother oh. was like, "Oh, I hate Star Wars," and I was like, "Well, you know, that's crazy. Why would you hate Star Wars?" And she was like, "That's just so scary to me." I, when we went and saw it, I went and saw it with your uncle and your grandfather and everything, and I went to sleep that night, and I dreamt that I was on the Millennium Falcon. And it was flying around and all out of control, and it was just – it was the worst. It was a nightmare. And, I, and to me, that was so crazy because right. that sounds like the coolest dream ever. Right. You know, I wish I was dreaming that I was on the Millennium Falcon every single night. Yeah. You know, but this is like – you know, she's one generation away from the people who thought that the train was coming through the movie theater. Right, and screamed. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's the, the power of cinema, I yeah. guess, people. Well, and, and – we're run and and we're basically one generation away of people who watch the Star Wars movies apparently and say, "Yeah, it's totally yeah. lame and and unoriginal." If Jason represents anybody, right? Else. Which I think uh, you know he probably does. I think he probably does. Yeah, that's why he's a good comedian. 
Well, there you go. There's a plug for you, Jason, <laughs> Jason Roach. He appears at the full of enough hate to bring comedy. Today. Jason Roach appears at the Barking Kudu most Monday nights. So yeah, go go throw things at him there. That's the right. next time, you, go throw Make your hail. throw your uh, throw your Star Wars action figures at him next time you see him. <laughs> well, Chris, thanks for uh, joining me, man. Hey, no problem. And um, everybody else that is listening, we will. We, this is not this is not the end. As uh, as my as Nick Saban would say, this is only the beginning. No, or how about this? What? Where we're going, we don't we don't need, need roads. roads. Way more appropriate for back to the movies. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing is there, there's going to be a whole lot of uh, wrap up type stuff, retrospective stuff. I'm going to be going through and uh, making a a blog post that I, where I sort of take a look at. Um, maybe some top five lists going through everything that I've seen, kind of putting it all together. And then we're also going to have a, a big wrap up podcast as well that is in the works. So stay tuned for all that. There's still, there's still more stuff coming from back to the movies. And, um, and thanks to everybody who participated in the uh, top 10 podcast series and everybody who's read any of the blog posts along the way of this series. And um, I appreciate your, your support in helping me get through my marathon. So uh, Chris, thanks again, man. No problem. And we'll uh, we'll see Sorry everybody. Thank people for talking about the other episodes so much. That's okay. I think they'll forgive us. It's necessary. Yeah. It's necessary evil. And a man. All right. Thanks, man.